challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Great to have you here at the Great Man Podcast. Look forward to diving into the topic I've got for you today. Hey, make sure that you are getting our Great Man Digest. Go to greatman.tv and you'll see exactly where to subscribe. We won't sell your information. We won't try to sell you stuff. We will let you know what we're doing here at Great Man. And you need to be getting that digest. Our team does an amazing job. Young man by the name of Ben Richardson. Uh, really does an amazing job putting that together. And uh, you're going to want to see it. It's going to link to a lot of other great information for you and help you be a great man, which is what we're all about here. All right. Also, I want to say very quickly, we've become a 501c3. That means that your contribution to great man uh, is tax deductible. And we are going to do some great things in the world. We intend to get books all over the world to people who can't afford them. Otherwise, we intend to host conferences. We intend to design um, uh, college courses so that there are good college courses on men's issues uh, that are part of people's academic degrees. We're going to do some great things. We need your help. So go to greatman.tv. You'll see a donate button up to the right, and your contribution is tax deductible. We really appreciate it. Let's do this together. Let's change manhood in our generation together. Now, listen, I want to dive into a topic here that I am seeing be a real crisis for a lot of men. I've touched on it before. I don't mind repeating myself in this podcast. It's not because I don't have other things to say. It's because I want to talk about the things that are important to you. I am a strong believer in the idea that a good man needs to be quick, skilled, gentle and wise about confronting people on things that are going wrong. A good man needs to be willing to be confronted himself. You know that I believe that. That's that's the whole idea behind a band of brothers, besides the fun of the routedness, that we're coaching each other, confronting each other, helping each other get over the things that, that, are, that make us less than great men. But a great man, therefore, also needs to be willing to survey all he is responsible for. All who are in his field, if you understand my language, I've used that language before, and to see what needs correction, what needs input, what needs a gentle, use the word intervention that people use today. I don't mean 15 people in the room. I'm talking about you with that individual. Some of the worst disasters I see, some of the the moments in which children, sons, daughters, uh, spouses, friends go astray, some, some, some of the worst situations I've seen in businesses is where someone sees what's going wrong and does not confront. Now, confrontation, that word sounds dramatic. You know, we probably hear it in the press, police confronted protesters, or it was a violent confrontation in the war in Yemen, things like that. We use that word in big ways. So maybe I should find another word. But that's the word, by the way, used in scripture when we're told to confront each other. Uh, That is the word that's used in psychology. The idea that you sit down with someone, if you can sit down with them, or you can do it jogging or hanging from a tree, it doesn't matter. But the point is that you are with them And you say to them gently, hey, I want to talk to you about this certain area of your life. Can I do that? 
Now, with a band of brothers, you've already got permission. You don't have to ask permission. Uh, when you are the father of children, when you have a spouse, you have an obligation to confront each other. It doesn't have to be violent. It doesn't have to be bloody. Um, hey, I want to talk to you about the, something I hear kind of leaking between the words and what you're saying. There's real bitterness in you right now. Let's talk about that. What's happening with you? I want to help you through this. That those, that can be the opening of, of a quote-unquote confrontation. It doesn't have to be you, you know, showing up in armor and yelling at somebody. The reason that I make a caricature out of this is that for many men, it's the fear of a confrontation. It's the fear of what's going to result that keeps them from doing it. And yet, destruction results. You must, I want to say this as strongly as I can, you must get over whatever it is in your soul that keeps you from having the meaningful confrontations you need to have. This is the art of manhood. This is the art of great leadership. This is the art of parenting. It basically is is, is the verbal version, the soul version of tending a garden. If you are a gardener or if you tend your yard, uh, I live in urban situations, so I don't have yards, thank God. <laughs> I've mowed more yards in my mouth, life than most people ever will. But whatever, when you tend your grass, you tend your garden, you tend your trees, you're pruning stuff back, you're pulling out the stuff that does that shouldn't be growing there, you're fertilizing and feeding what should be growing there, you're tending it, you're confronting what's not meant to be there and adding what is meant to be there. That's what gardening and yard care is. It's a good process. So if I call you and say, hey, what are you doing? And you say, I'm tending my yard. I'd say, great. I'll call you back later. Or give me a call when you're done. It's fantastic. I'm glad you're doing that. I'm, I'm envisioning a healthy process of encouraging growth and checking whatever is destructive. Okay, putting in the water, putting in the fertilizer, pruning back the unproductive growth, uh, you know, pinning the tree the other way with ropes and pegs. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Well, that's essentially the same thing. Now, if I call a friend and I say, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm confronting my son. Hmm. I may have a little bit more negative view of what that is. That's not as pleasant as working in the garden, but it's essentially the same process. You check what's negative. You feed what's good. You, you prune back what needs to be pruned back. You, you nurture, you develop, you call out the good. You encourage the growth. You're not making the growth happen. You can't make that tree grow the right way. You can't make those flowers grow the right way or those vegetables or whatever you're doing. Uh, you can't make your son grow the right way. You can't make your band of brothers or your wife or your daughter or, or whoever else you might be confronting in your company, et cetera. Uh, but but it's essential to growth. We all grow wildly. We all develop in ways that we shouldn't develop while we're developing in ways that we should. Someone's got to come in and do the pruning. Someone's got to come in and say, hey, watch what's happening over here. And the sad thing, in my years of observation, uh, the sad thing is that normally the problems that deform people's life start quite small. You know, one of your kids goes to school, somebody says something about maybe how they're not that good looking or how they're clumsy on the basketball court or whatever, and or how they can't get a date, you know, just any kind of passing little thing. You know how we are when we're 15 years old, we're, we're as sensitive as it's possible to be. Well, it starts small and we might just, maybe the, the, the son or daughter says, well, that's just stupid. That's not true. But when they lay their head on their pillow at night, suddenly they're pondering, wow, I wonder if I am ugly. I wonder, I wonder why I can't get a date to the prom. 
And that takes deep root. And, and before long, you begin to, to notice a surliness and a bitterness and an anger and a, and a, and a, and a little bit of self-loathing kicking in. It all started with some passing com- uh, comment, you know, in, in, the, in the time between classes, you know, passing by the lockers. But we all know how that is. Something a coach said one to me once to me. Something a teacher said once to me. No question. I fought it off for years. And fortunately, I had a mom who caught that something dark was going on in my soul. And she just said, son, that is not true. That was some coach's attempt to, mo- to motivate you. Do not take that to heart. And I didn't. And it could have been deforming because God knows some other things that were said by teachers and authority figures did deform me, as I've shared many times in this podcast. So what I'm trying to urge you to do is not get angry, is not decide to storm into a bedroom and chastise somebody, is not to be, you know, or not not even to make this the main way you lead. This just needs to be a tool in your toolbox. And yet most men, because they don't, first of all, they have to care enough. If you don't care enough, then obviously you won't confront. But most men fear the repercussions. They fear what's going to be on the other side. They fear the attitude from the son or the daughter for six months, you know, six months of attitude, or they fear a friend backing away from them if they confront them. But let me tell you a principle. Let me tell you the core principle about confrontation. The core principle about confrontation is not the techniques of doing it. The core principle is you will not have authority in the realms in which you are intended to have authority if you are not willing to confront. I have authority in the lives of my band of brothers. They have authority in my life because they take responsibility for me. I take responsibility for them. I'm willing to confront. I'm willing to correct. I'm willing to say, dude, love you with my whole heart. You look, I think you've put on about 30 pounds. What's going on with you and food? I'm willing to say that. Therefore, I'm given insight. I believe by God, but also by my by the turn of my own soul where I care about my band of brothers and I'm willing to step into the fray with them. Everybody's fighting a great battle. I want to fight with them. I want to fight for them. I want to fight at their side. Some of my friends fight battles against depression. Some of my friends uh, fight battles for difficult marriages. Some of my friends fight battles for their professional life. Everyone's fighting a great battle. And when it comes to the people I can't do this for everybody on the planet, but when it comes to the people in my life and who, whom I am responsible for, confrontation is part of caring for them. Confrontation is part of helping. Confrontation is part of playing the role I'm meant to play, and that's why I have authority in their life. There are a handful of people in this world who would say, you know, Stephen Mansfield has authority for my life. And they don't mean we're in some kind of cult. They don't, I'm not their pastor. Uh, I'm not, I didn't mean to equate those two as though pastoring and cult is the same thing. I mean, I'm not in any kind of official relationship with them. What they know is though, I'm watching out for their life. I'll speak to them about what's there. I'm open to their input in my life. I've got a little wisdom. Maybe I've got some years. I've been through some battles. So I know uh, what it means for a man's soul to go wrong. I know what it means for him to get bitter. I can tell the effects when he starts sinking into porn and perversion and alcohol and drugs and whatever he might be doing. I know what it's like when a man comes home from a road trip and he's misbehaved. If I've been with him for a while, I can usually detect it. Is that is that a God-given insight? Maybe. But it might also just simply be that I've I've seen that kind of thing before. So I'm able to go to a guy and say, you know, what's up? Something, something, something in your soul is receding into a dark corner. Talk to me about what's going on here so I don't have to pound you with a stick right here on this corner. I mean, I'll talk that way. Some of it's humor, but a lot of it is saying, don't mess with me. I see it. I want to help you. 
you have to be willing to confront in that way. Now, you have to be open to confrontation. It's got to be a two-way street. But you have to be willing to confront. You have to be willing to prune. You have to be willing to step in. The number of men who won't step into their sons' lives and ask them what's going on. The number of men who won't step into their daughters' lives. Take them out for dinner. Sit with them quietly. Talk about other things. And then when nobody's around or when you're on a walk or in the, on the backyard or whatever it is, ask the questions that are important. Or don't even ask the questions. Just simply speak to a thing. Just simply courageously speak to a thing. Now, if you are have made such an idol of the relationship, and if you're so afraid of what might be some time of difficulty and hurt and distance and surliness on the other side, uh, then, then you've got that relationship wrong. I'm going to tell you, on the other side of almost every confrontation I've ever had, it was difficult. <laughs> There's no question about it. Nobody likes being con- confronted. Nobody likes being told that they're, they're not doing the best job or that you see the deformity in their life or that you see what they're trying to hide uh, or that you're aware of a growing bitterness, whatever. Nobody likes that. And so they might give you a hug as soon as the confrontation's over, but they might go away saying, dang, I'm going to stay away from him, man. He makes me miserable with this stuff. But that's the price of friendship. That's the price of fatherhood. That's the price of being a husband or a date or a friend or a leader. You have to confront. And I'm going to tell you now, especially for those of you who are young, learning how to do this gently, learning how to do this lovingly, learning how to do this in a way that the person feels that you are about their betterment and not your superiority. If I approach someone and say, look, I know more about this than you do, and therefore I know that you're not doing it right. Well, they're good. of course they're going to be ticked off at that approach. But if I go in and say, look, man, I, I think you've got amazing potential to lead. I, I, think, I think that you have got real leadership gifts. I'm seeing one thing here that if I can just help you work on, I think it'll get you much further down the road and serve you well all your life. And then I address it. And they might be ticked and they might pull away and they might be defensive, but I'll come back again later if they stay in the relationship. If they don't stay in the relationship and some haven't, well, then that's, that's their call. They've chosen not to, not to allow a person who wants to help them and coach them be better, to, be, to make them better. You've got to decide that you're going to do it. Now, I don't want you to think that this is this podcast is a commission for you to confront everything you see everywhere in the harshest terms. I'm simply saying that you're already existing roles as a husband, as father, as friend, as leader, as member of Band of Brothers, etc. requires confrontation. And confrontation simply means that you initiate a conversation, it starts as a conversation, it can move to other things, that you initiate a conversation about things that are going wrong in the other person's life. You got to care. I strongly suggest prayer in advance. I strongly suggest you really think it through. I don't talk to other people before I talk to someone because I don't want there to be any accusation of gossip or teaming up on them. And, you know, I don't want other people talking about what I'm about to address. But I go in gently, lovingly, I always make a statement about their future to give them hope. You can get through this. We can get past this. I know you've done something stupid, if that's the case, or I know you feel like, you know, this may be a little bit of criticism here, but I think we can get past this. Let me help you. Let me pull in the people that we need. Let me help you get past this. If we would have that kind of care for each other, it would make a huge difference. 
I'm watching situations where father-in-laws won't confront sons-in-laws. I'm watching situations where people in leadership and business won't confront those they know they need to confront. I'm watching situations where husbands and wives don't speak meaningfully to each other. Of course, parents don't talk to their kids. Not always. Most of us want things to be pleasant and happy. Yeehaw, let's have a good time. But if that's more important than the person's soul, the person's future, the person's leadership, the person's utility on the earth, the person's success, the person's happiness, then you really are being one selfish human being to say, I want pleasure with them. I don't want to help them be better. Well, I'm committed to helping people be better. We talk about a lot of other things. We have a lot of other fun. But when there has to be a confrontation, I'm up for it because I know the power of it in my own life. So I'm urging you strongly, look honestly first at what you feel when the, when you say out loud the word confrontation. Does it just scare you? Does it make you shake? Do you think about painful ones in the past? Do you think about losing friends? Do you think about six months of attitude from your daughter or whatever? Well, then you're going to have to confront that in your own soul. And then Go and have the confrontations that you need to have. Do them gently. Do them lovingly. Do them with a future orientation. Do them with a a commitment and an investment. And be willing to stay in for the long haul to see the good thing come about. I think you're going to find that if you'll learn how to confront in gentle, easygoing, loving ways, that your life gets better, you make the difference you may, are meant to have in other people, and the authority, the influence that you will that will come of this, because you're not retreating from the necessary confrontations. And I mean this both spiritually and just simply emotionally in people's lives. The influence you'll have, the authority that you have, will allow you to do to be to be fulfilling what you are made to fulfill as a man and as a leader. Because this is one of the great arts being a great man. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production. 